Welcome to Practical Witch Talk. I'm your host, Freddie Gladhart, author of the Practical Witches Almanac and instructor at witchacademy.org. In this episode, I'm going to share a little about my path and beliefs and the shocking backlash from the Red Flags in Groups episode that I published earlier this year. Because I'm an instructor at Witch Academy, I don't talk about what deities I work with, and for decades I've been a bit vague about my exact path. Because I don't want anyone to emulate my practice, I want them to find their own way. So it's story time. Ten months ago, you may have heard the episode Red Flags in Groups. I've had a lot of positive feedback about that episode, and it has received more listeners than most of the others. But apparently it was not well received by a few bad characters in my area who were doing exactly what I was warning other people about. Apparently, they are so afraid that people could identify them from the generalized red flag examples that I gave that they went on this mission for the whole year to discredit me. Boy, they got a lot of time and energy. So for the past few months, I've had people asking me to cast spells for them. Now, that's not unusual. Back in the mid-90s, Witch Academy, then PaganPath.com, was one of a small handful of about a dozen good sources for witchcraft information. And I've always received requests to do spells. I worked as a telephone psychic for, oh, about 13 years on one of those 900 psychic lines. So I was often asked by clients to work spells for them. And my answer now is the same that it always has been. And that answer is no. The type of magic that I do for people is what I call mise en place magic. The next episode of this podcast is all about that and how you can use mise en place magic to help yourself when you aren't feeling your witchy self. But I digress. Basically, I make a charm bag or a candle or the like with all the ingredients aligned with your intent. I use correspondences and instruct practitioners in sympathetic magic principles and how to focus their will and intent while visualizing. So basically what I do is I set up the dominoes for people to push over, or I set up the ingredients for recipes and they bake the cake, so to speak. Not long ago, in September, a woman even offered me $2,500 to do a love spell on her behalf. As usual, I take these opportunities to educate them on fraudulent spellcasters, ethics, magic, etc. And, of course, they usually ignore me and find somebody else to cast the spell for them. But I always hope that I've helped a few of them over the years to see why they shouldn't pay someone to take their power away from them and manipulate another individual. So the spell requests aren't that unusual, but the frequency in which I've been receiving them for the past few months is rather astonishing. This past Thursday, I was informed by two local witches that it's common knowledge that I cast spells for people. So I was, I was shocked. This is exactly what I've been educating people against for over 30 years. Then I became livid then outraged, and then downright pissed. I tried to calm down for the next day or so, and I started reaching out to some other local witches. I discovered a few bad actors who felt that I had called them out in the Red Flags and Groups episode have been telling everyone that I cast spells for people, but that's not all. Apparently, I also summon demons, which is uh, laughable to say the least. I'm a pagan Wiccan witch and I do not work with Abrahamic energy constructs. And yes, I do study demonology and angels and Thelema and ceremonial magic and so much more. 
I also collect and read unusual books, such as grimoires and reprints of rare magical and demonic, demonic texts from the Hellfire Book Club and other occultists. And this is because I believe in being informed. And because I teach witchcraft, if a student is interested in something like the Lima or ceremonial magic, I need to know how to guide them and what books or organizations to recommend. Apparently, I was being judged by some of the book or the books on my shelves, and apparently not being judged on the Buddhist texts or the Bible or the Quran. Just apparently, they didn't like the demonology books. So now I don't give a cauldron's brew if you work with angels or demons, and I don't judge anyone for doing so. But to tell people in my area that I work with demons will get a witch burned. I walk a very delicate line in my community. I do volunteer work constantly and keep myself visible and hopefully approachable. I try not to scare any of the normals by wearing a giant pentagram and throwing my spirituality in their faces and making them uncomfortable. And if only that sentiment were reciprocated. Would you like to come to our church on Sunday is a question I am asked every time I go to town. But I digress. So the rumor is that I cast spells for people, just like in the movie Practical Magic. It was even implied that I may use animals in these spells, like in the movie. And anyone who knows me is going to realize this is impossible. The whole needle and blood thing would leave me passed out in my magic circle. Now, I supposedly make a bunch of money casting spells for people. And I supposedly summon demons and harm fluffy critters in my magic. But wait, that's not all. With all this slander, you don't get a free set of steak knives. You get financial attacks. Yes, that's right. Apparently, because I have a store in downtown Hot Springs, I must be raking in the cash. These are their exact words. And it's too bad that it's closed now. But wait, what? Um, I don't have a store in downtown Hot Springs, nor have I ever. I do tarot readings at a store in downtown Hot Springs. The owner, who is a friend of mine, was kind enough to allow me to have my apothecary inside her store for a couple of years. You could come in and I'd lend you a custom perfume, a magical oil, or an essential oil blend for aromatherapy. I'd mix up some incense for you or make a candle while you waited. There's a way for me to get to know people and make sure that the products that I make are what people want. The results were that, yes, I'm already making the basics that folks were looking for. But my prices are too low and I didn't even cover the gas money it took to make the 100 plus mile round trip to town every day. So market research over and I stopped doing the apothecary inside my friend's store and continued to just do the tarot readings. So now I hear the next rumor, that my store is closed and I moved out of state? Uh, no, it was never my store, and yeah, it's still there, and so am I doing readings every weekend, and my store is where it's always been, wherever I am. My apothecary is at the Witch Academy Sanctuary. I'm doing just as I've done since the late 1980s and will continue to make unique magical tools and potions for people and offer them at farmers markets and festivals and since the mid-1990s on my websites like practicalwitch.com. Last year I went national with a lot more wholesale items so now you'll find my creations in stores across the world. So after some digging for the past week I tracked these rumors down to four people. These four people were starting to talk shit about those associated with me. Now that's where the trouble really started for me. Any groups or stores they thought I was associated with, even if I'm not, have been labeled as dark and negative. Now, it's worth a mention that associating dark with negativity is problematic language at the least, and it seeds racism. 
But that's just one part of the issue here. People who need to feel important will put others down in the belief that they will be elevated. One store owner says about another store that it has dark energy, and they believe that's going to make them seem more like they have light, positive energy, but I have some news for them. It actually makes them gossip-spreading, envious traitors to the community, and someone who judges other people's spiritual paths while dissing people they should be making into allies in a hotbed of evangelical hate in the southern United States. Next, they try to tell anyone who would listen that you can't do readings, magic, counseling, or personalized services online, and only in-person witch businesses are legitimate. <laughs> so this is a great way to excuse your social media and tech incompetence, people. These people were so intimidated by my modest but respectable social media presence that they had to try to convince everyone that online work isn't legit. When I read this rant these people had posted on their social media site, I could only think to myself, hey, try telling that load of spoiled potion to the authors I've taught whose books are on your shelves, and try telling that to the disabled witches I work with who can't go into your store. Anyway, my my social, I didn't say anything. Uh, I wanted to. And now I'm saying it to you, I guess. <laughs> My social media following was used as an example of how these, what they called insta-witches, will do anything for followers. And honey, I just do what I've always done for decades. I study, practice, teach, learn, learn some more, experiment, research, share. And yes, some people like what I have to share. And because I was online very early in the age of the internet and joined the social media outlets, outlets early when they were first established and I work hard yes my follower count is obviously going to be higher than someone who joined Facebook five years ago and whose last post was two months ago to talk shit about other witches and there's your takeaway if you hear nasty things about people you don't know or stores you've never been to don't let it affect your perspective of the victim of that gossip gossip only reflects on the person spreading it and don't pass it on when you hear a rumor about me or anyone else in the witchy community, wherever you are in the world, know it for what it is. If you can't ignore what you've heard because it's concerning to you, talk to the person who's the target of that rumor. Does it, does it really concern you? I mean, don't confront them and make them prove their supposed innocence. Just tell them what you heard and ask what the deal is. But also ask yourself why someone else's path is a concern to you if it isn't harming you or anyone else. I was hesitant about publishing this episode, and it isn't the most upbeat one I've ever done, but I felt that I didn't have a voice, and I wanted to share a little about my path. In other words, I don't cast spells for money, and I don't summon demons, and just to set the record straight, I know haters are going to hate, but those four people have caused a ripple of distrust through much of a community in my neighborhood, and it's an example of how just a few bad seeds can really really wreak havoc, which is what the whole point of the Red Flags in Groups episode was about, and now I'm getting the backlash from it. Well, thank you so much for listening. Check out the next episode about Mies and Claus Magic. I think you're really going to like it. It has some useful tips, and it puts us back on a constructive path. This has been a production of witchacademy.org in cooperation with practicalwitch.com. You can support the podcast through Patreon and subscribe through any of your favorite streaming services. A special thank you goes out to my patrons for their support, Becky, Lindsay, Chris, and Arkansas's finest metaphysical shops, The Parlor in Hot Springs, and Strange Brew in Fort Smith. If you'd like to learn more about witchcraft, herbs, and tarot, check out witchacademy.org. Blessed be.